0: Hi and welcome to the Clone Girl Tries podcast. I'm Barb and this is episode 99 on Tuesday, June 28th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. 99 bottles of beer on the wall 99 bottles of beer You take one down and pass it around You got 98 bottles of beer on the wall Holy cow 99 episodes? What the heck? I've been doing this just a little too long, I think Well, anyway (laughs) Welcome back to the Kelowna Girl Tries Triathlon Podcast And yes, it's me, Barb, a.k.a. Kelowna Girl Well, what, three weeks Been gone by. I've been super busy. What else is new? It's June, and it's a little crazy at school, as you all know. Life of a teacher, report cards, year-end stuff, field trips. Oh, my God, I'm just totally overwhelmed. And every weekend, I've had a lot of um, family responsibilities, uh, one race after another, just too much stuff going on. So it's all good. It's all good. But, uh, you know, it takes so long. I can't believe I'm so fit and ready for that race. Then I take a week off to recover, and I start getting back to running, and it's like I'm starting all the freaking hell over again. You know, my legs just feel like cement when I get out there, and I'm taking walk breaks, and and I'm busy, and then after work, I'm exhausted. Wada, wada, wada. Anyways, um, I have been out. I've been taking, just doing a few runs, taking it slow and easy, and got out in for a trail run. Last weekend, I did 10K, and that felt like a long run. So I'm not too, too worried about it. Just want to try and get my conditioning back. And then I've got the um, San Francisco Half Marathon for fun, July 31st. Um, nothing else serious between now and then. Slightest chance I might do the Desert Half, uh, half Iron um, as a relay with Eric and his brother. They want me to do the swim. Ha, ha, ha. You know how hilarious that is when it comes to swimming. But anyway... I digress. Uh, that may or may not happen on July 10th. We'll see. But I'm not gonna like train for it or anything. And uh, right now, I just gotta get through the school year. Oh my god, we go right till June 30th. You know, I know, I know. It seems really late to all you Americans, especially because you get off like weeks and weeks ago. But we don't go back till after Labor Day. Like school goes back September 6th or something. And um, yeah, and our contracts up, and we pro- we've just taken a strike vote. And by the time this comes out. Uh, I can tell you that I'm sure, I'm sure that we're going to be not on strike, but we're going to be on work to rule and uh, work slowdown come September. And uh, the B.C. government, I'm not going to get political on you too much, but I am going to have a little mini rant in the fact that the government of British Columbia is such, oh, they just make me furious, absolutely furious. They're completely trying to strip our contract even further than they did, even after the Supreme Court has ruled after seven years that the last contract we had, which was seven years ago, they actually had introduced legislation that was completely illegal. And the Supreme Court has finally ruled that, hey, they have to rescind that legislation that stripped our contract from the last time. But no, they're not going to do it. So anyways, teachers are not happy. I don't even care about the money. I just want to keep the... contract that I have keep it in place and not have all of my uh, rights and things that I've worked hard for uh over the last you know 20-30 years of of having a contract have it stripped off anyways that is just a little sidebar of ranting you may hear a little more of it over the next few months um other than that I have not been swimming I have not been biking I'm just trying to get at least two runs in a week. I have been doing a core workout that Gordon from This Running Life, Gordon Harvey, um, mentioned to me. It's on Beginner Triathlete. If you check my daily mile, um, you'll see it on there. It's kind of a cool core workout. called Around the World. And um, so I've been trying to do that twice a week right now. And uh, yeah, that's all. So I haven't done anything else. Just... It'll all happen in three more days as kids and one more day of of admin time and then I'm done as of next Thursday. Uh, I have to move my classroom this year as well just from one room to another so I'm packing everything up and next Thursday I'm going to spend all day moving boxes and junk from two doors down but I volunteered to do it so I'm not complaining but it's just going to be a little bit more work to do that too. Anyways, uh, none of that is related to triathlon in any way, and I apologize to anybody who's brand new and listening to this and thinking, what the heck? I wanted to hear about triathlon. Um, I have a couple of things to talk to you about today. Is it going to be helpful to you? I have no idea. But first of all, um, I've got some audio to play because today, actually, Saturday, uh, was Eric's Xterra Duathlon and he had a great race and I'm going to play some audio that he and I recorded just after the race and we'll uh, give you the, re- the content on that and I have a little more audio I recorded with the same little crappy microphone recorder uh, my, some thoughts about swimming and uh, just my, my latest idea about swim training and I have a bunch of shout outs and some emails to share with you some excellent race reports have been sent in and I'd like to share those with you today. And, um, yeah, just, uh, and some shout outs to some awesome, awesome people who've left me some, uh, um, reviews on iTunes. Uh, you know, I'm, of course, because I'm Canadian, I, I log in as a Canadian in, in Canada and, uh, unless I go to your country and have to unlog in. No, what's unlogin. Is that a word? Is that a verb unlogin? No, I have to log out and log back in uh, as the United States or Australia or whatever. Um, I don't see your reviews unless I specifically log in. So every t- once in a while I log in to the United States one and I found like there's three or four reviews in the last month, so super thanks to those people, so I'll mention that later. Anyways, yeah, I got a few race reports, one from Sarah, one from Nikki, uh, one from Fred. uh, John, I think I mentioned John's last week. I got to go check and see if I did that or not. I don't think so, though. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, a bunch of them and uh, it's all going to happen in a little while. So here's the first bit of audio and anything else I want to say? Hmm. trying to remember. Big blank space of time. Yes, that's me trying to remember. Gosh, I hate getting old. Eh, whatever. If it pops into my head later, I'll mention it. All right. So for now, here's the audio from our race report of Eric today. Well, hello there.
1: Hello. What? (laughs) You got the recorder?
0: What are you doing?
1: I'm lying down, relaxing. How come? Because I raced today.
2: Are you tired?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of tired today after the race.
0: So we're sitting out on the deck in the sunshine, it's about 4.30 p.m. Saturday afternoon and Eric did his Xterra duathlon today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how it went today, what were your expectations and what was the day like for you?
1: My expectations. Mm. I was worried about my uh, soreness in my right leg, behind the knee, and in my calf. So I relaxed four days beforehand and really didn't do anything. And surprisingly today, that calf and that behind the right knee didn't bother me at all. But the left calf was sore at the end. But overall, um, I felt really good felt really good. So, the race itself, um, I probably did better. Than I thought.
0: Why don't you talk a little bit about the course, what the course is like, and, because it's an exterra, so for anybody who doesn't even know what an Xterra is, tell them what that is, and tell, describe the course, because you've done a few exterras now, but every one is different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it sure is, because every place you go to do an Xterra is different. Um, started down at lake level. It was in Vernon, a little north of Kelowna in a park called Ellison Park, and it started down at lake level, and the first run, oh, I can't even remember how long that run was, 2.75? Yeah. 2.75 kilometers. Oh, gee, I was just written down the elevation changes, but I think it was probably about 200 meters worth of elevation change in, um... Two and a, two and a half, 2.75 kilometers. So in other words, you're climbing up from the lake, climbing up from the lake to a parking lot, and then you're climbing up again really steep, and you're not running. You're walking up to sort of the top of a bluff, kind of the peak of the circuit. And then you end up uh, winding your way through woods with a little up and down, very nice run. And finally you end up going down for probably the last kilometer. And finally you end up back down at the lake in transition where you get back on your bike. And go up and up and up and up, kind of the same way you ran up. You biked up now to the same elevation up to a road. And then you get over in the actual bike trail section, a single track, a very windy, uh, up and down, uh, switchback, single track, very smooth. People who are half decent mountain bike riders will flow through it and uh, not have to get off their bikes hardly at all. But people who don't put much time into mountain biking will be jerking along quite a bit i have to get off and get back on and off and back on. and So, uh, bottom line, lots of uh, variety in so, times.
0: So, knowing what kind of cyclist, mountain biker I am, um, would I have been one of those get on, get off kind of people?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> More get off. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have liked it one little bit. You would have been scared much of the time.
0: That's why I was volunteering instead.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't a dangerous course. It really wasn't. It's not like a rocky, rocky course. It's sort of just... uh, There's some roots and uh, a lot of dirt and stuff like that. Nice course to ride. Very pleasant. kind of riding I like to do anyways. And then you uh, end up coming down again and going on a bit of a pavement. And uh, the last two, three Ks of the... over 12k course would be on pavement basically shooting down to the lake again shooting down to transition and I hit a, a maximum of 50 kilometers an hour in that section and keep in mind it's mountain bikes not road bikes so it's pretty fast and uh, we had to keep our eyes open for uh, traffic I guess and kids, and, kids. It's and it's a campground you're right you're right so, back to transition. And put the bike away and get back on my feet and start running again. Instead, except instead of doing one circuit of that course this time, you had to do overall kind of two circuits. Not coming down quite as far for the second circuit, but uh, you still had to do two circuits. So, anyways, um, I ended up at the finish and. I felt like I still had a bit of gas left in the tank and uh, it went really well and I was actually able to run across the finish line looking like a runner, which was kind of fun. With Steve King, of course, saying how terrific I was and everything. Not really, I'm just kidding. But uh, it was good. It was a rewarding course. I felt good at the end of it. I felt like I'd done what I could do and uh, maybe even a no little better than I thought I would with how I felt at the end.
0: So, so was this course harder or easier course than the one you did in Phoenix and how would you compare your, your um, um, performance today to that of your one in Phoenix? My performance today was and then how do you course?
1: Far better, but it's a different race. Keep in mind it's a road bike in Phoenix and it's a mountain oh, bike. bike it's a mountain bike in uh, mm-hmm. in Vernon. And the trails are, are much different, but mm-hmm. the trails in Phoenix uh, were through the desert and they were up and down too, but there wasn't the long, long, continuous climb that there was in uh, in Vernon. But then again, there wasn't the long downhill in uh Phoenix, either
0: that
1: my running my running overall is much better now, Even so hard, of yeah, like I was really, really tired in Phoenix I had just i just beat the heck out of myself in Phoenix, and uh, I didn't beat my the heck out of myself today it it felt nice, it felt good, but uh I mean, I worked hard, and going up the hill. It felt really tiring, like my legs were tiring as I was plodding up a 45-degree angle hill, you know. It was it was steep.
0: So this was the first annual XTERRA event um, in Vernon, so critical performance. Our friends Rob's, Rob and Carmel Swann are trying to get XTERRA in, and it's been sanctioned by XTERRA Canada. And so, it's, you know, I had a fair amount of support, but... Kind of, by the time you got the permits and everything, it only it was about three or four weeks maximum before the information could get out. And a lot of people didn't even know about it. So overall, the race had, I think, 31 registrations. I think there were 29 or 28 people who actually participated. Um, and there were duath- there was a duathlon with two lengths, short and long course, which is basically like a sprint and Olympic distance. And then there was a triathlon, which was had a short and a long distance with 30 athletes altogether. Most of the people did the triathlon, probably half and half uh, for short and long course. And there were three people that did the duathlon. Eric, who happened to be the oldest athlete of the day. Um, another young man named Eric, who was the youngest athlete. He was 15. So Eric and Eric were the two bookends. And then there was another fellow, I think, in his 30s who was doing his very first um exter and wasn't was very much a beginner. So we had a the young man was 15 and he's a biathlete so he hadn't done a lot um but he was a you know he's young and he was a quick runner. So he was ahead of you on the run after but you weren't that far behind him when you came off the run and then what happened on the bike?
1: Well what happened on the bike was I passed him. And then I think he got up close to me to, again, but uh, finally I I really dropped him. I dropped him on the on the bike, which was rewarding. I enjoyed doing that. Um,
0: and passed a lot of triathletes. Mentioned
1: that today. not a lot. I passed maybe three, four. Okay, but but spr- there was only if you take into consideration there was only um, twelve sprint athletes in total. And only maybe a f- half of them had gotten out before me. So as it worked out, there was only one of the um, sprint triathletes who beat me across the finish line. I think I was third across the finish line overall, wasn't I?
0: Uh, yeah, something like that. I can't remember. I was Yeah.
1: and then the 15-year-old beat me. Yeah, was, you were very
0: close to being third across the finish line. So the duathletes started at the same time as the sprint triathletes, but of course the sprint triathletes, Started with their swim when the duathletes started with their run, but they were fairly close. By the time they all got on the bike, they were they were they were all intermingled, and Eric passed a few uh, on the bike, and so, and one of them passed you. Okay, and then ultimately um, he finished. I guess you were the third third or fourth something like that to cross the finish line, but uh, there were only three duathletes altogether. You came overall you came in second because the young eric passed you on the f- last run but you were very close together and i was really really impressed that you were able to um really stay as close as you did with him and uh so it was kind of neat to have the oldest and the youngest and of course the fellow in the 30s was i think about a half an hour behind you and he was very much a beginner so you can't really compare that i guess but um Overall, uh, an excellent performance. I was really impressed. I thought Eric looked super strong out there. It was a great race. Well,
1: I was happy with it. Um, I'm curious to see how my uh, bike ride times compared to the other, the sprint triathlete times. You know, because we did exactly the same course in that part, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm curious.
0: You want to see your bike splits and how they compared to the other people that did the same course. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about your race?
1: Um, I got another medal. Yeah. I got a medal. It's a different color this year. I think it was white last year, and it's black this year, the the symbol. So maybe
0: They're, they're maybe going to do black for Vernon and white for Kelowna. And so now you're going to do the Kelowna one again this fall. That will be the second annual Kelowna. And uh, anybody who does both of them this year is got a chance at a Jameis. I think it was Jameis Bike frame oh just a frame and uh there's not that many from Kelowna that were there there's a lot of people from alberta because it's a pretty strong um exterra um, group of athletes in alberta they have a lot of exterra in alberta and we just don't have that many here not enough so uh, it's definitely a growing sport and we're kind of optimistic that next year they will become a larger and larger race and a lot of interest it was a lot of fun it was a fun day down there anything else you wanted to say eric
1: Oh, and the weather was good. Mm. Yeah, it was a f- it was a fun day, and uh, oh, we all got uh, some super cool merino wool t-shirt type things, right? Mm-hmm. As part of our entry fee, which was pretty steep, but at least we got a merino wool t-shirt out of it. Yep. So, I guess that's about good. all I need to say. Good. I'm looking. F- <coughs> I'm looking forward to doing half marathons now. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's next on the agenda, huh? Okay. Yeah. So next on the agenda is the San Francisco Half Marathon. So because Eric was doing this race and because um, Rob and Carmel are friends of ours, and I work with Carmel, I uh, went up and volunteered. Um, I enjoyed volunteering. It's kind of fun and exciting to be out there and be a part of it and to help out, especially with people I know. And the only downside was I wasn't able to see Eric cross the finish line, but I did see him out on the course, uh, I did registration package pickup this morning, and then I was sitting in one spot for about five hours, uh, counting runner's laps. That was my job for the day, so it was a, it was good, and uh, I stayed right until that very last runner came across, and I think we we didn't lose anybody. So it was a, a good day, and I had a lot of fun, and I kind of wish I'd... Well, not kind of, I really wish I'd been able to see Eric cross the finish line, but other than that, I did see him really close to the end, so... I was able to give him his big cheer. I just didn't see that last two minutes. Oh, we're moving, huh? You were moving and smiling. You know, often Eric doesn't really smile and wave at me when he goes by and I'm I cheering him on. Because yeah, he hates running, he says. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So good times, good race. And uh, next up, uh, i got three more days of school, and then I can start getting my running back. And we're going to get to down to San Francisco and have a fun half marathon. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, so. Sorry, Eric's just chatting with me. Um, Yeah, you know what else I want to talk about today? And I'm going to stay out here instead of going into the house on my computer with my better mic. Um, I got this new idea about swimming. swimming. And first I thought it was kind of a goofy, I'm trying to avoid swimming idea. But now I think it actually has some validity. So let me tell you about it. So first of all, as you know, I'm not a big fan of swimming, but I don't mind swimming itself, but I just don't like all the time it takes and yada, yada. So I didn't really do much swimming before my race. I knew I could get out there and do the distance. I just wasn't too worried about losing a few minutes. And I know some of you think, oh, that's bad. And I'm setting a bad example probably too. But anyways... For me, the swim has always been just finish the swim and do your best, and I don't even swim really hard when I'm swimming in a race. I uh, I actually do intervals so that I keep my heart rate from going crazy and getting nervous. And uh, despite my extreme lack of swimming this year, I, I lost uh, one minute on my sprint try, and it was the minute I'd gained last year from my extreme amount of swimming, and uh, my half iron I lost I think it was four minutes or four and a half minutes I lost I was slower um, but uh, there is a quite a bit of evidence to suggest that perhaps at least half of that if not more was due to the course being longer than last year so I lost anywhere I'm gonna say anywhere from two to four minutes on my uh, on my half half Ironman I think I really believe it was only two minutes I lost And that would make sense because I swam about the same pace as I did in my, on my sprint. So, anyways, I'm thinking, okay, so why did I lose this time? What is it about swimming, that you know, by by not swimming? What am I losing? Because I'm pretty sure my technique, is pretty much the same as last year. You know, I have a, a, a passable technique. I'm sure it could be better. Um, but it's not a bad. I'm not a bad swimmer. I'm not. I don't have bad technique. I think my belief is that I. I don't have the strength in the pull, and by not swimming, you know, I've lost some upper body strength. That's what I think, and so I don't pull as hard. You know, my our shoulders get a little tireder when I was swimming and when I'm racing, and so here's my thinking: What if between now and next August, when my next triathlon is, what if I do, you know. Qu- bump up some upper body strength work could be really sport specific so that i could be doing um i I know there are some band exercises you can do with um uh, elastic bands or whatever the hell they're called uh that you that you can do um i've seen dry land exercises what they're called when you're swimming that using bands and they're also i could find some i've actually been googling what are what are the muscles that i need to target to strengthen that are used in the swim so my i was kind of my little experiment is to see if can i continue with my minimal actual swimming maybe swim open water once a week or whatever to practice sighting and do an open water swimming but just really focus on a real heavy upper body strength workout and strengthen the muscles that i need for doing the swim Oh my, gin and tonic has just arrived, La Dita. I'm super happy. Thank you, honey. You'd think that with him doing this, with this uh, race, that I would have been serving him a drink, but no. He went to get a beer and brought me a G and T. So, anyways, um, so I was thinking, okay, that was a, I think I think it's actually my idea has actually got some merit to it. I think it's actually logical, even though I understand. I do agree that there is a certain amount of, you know, I'm just trying to make up ways that I can avoid swimming. So, But I'm going to see if it works, because the worst thing that can happen is I'm going to continue to just swim the way I've always swum, and I don't think I'm going to lose any more time between now and next August if I just keep up my maintenance swimming. Uh, So there was my thought, and that's what I decided to do. And then, lo and behold, I decided to listen to Try Swim Coach, the podcast, uh, a couple days ago. And uh, I listened to it periodically. He'd interviewed somebody. I can't remember who he interviewed. He'd been doing some research and had listened and heard about this exact concept, the whole idea about... Uh, triathletes not having enough time to spend in the pool and that could that could there be dry land exercises that you could do to strengthen the upper body and keep a minimal amount of swimming done I couldn't believe it it was like it was giving some validity to my avoidance of swimming whole idea and I just thought it was so cool to to think that you know maybe maybe I don't have a bad idea after all so if you check out the Tri Swim Coach, uh, one of his last episodes, and I'm afraid, I don't, I don't have my computer close by, but um, just check it out and you can see if you want to hear the whole interview uh, with this guy. Now, he's actually talking about using, uh, okay, what is the name of that program? Not P- P90X or something. What is it? Mental block. No, it wasn't that one. It was something else. It's not PMS either. No. Um... Anyways, it doesn't matter. There's another... There's a, tr- there's a strength program that they're into. Oh, CrossFit. It's a CrossFit program. CrossFit endurance, I think, is what it was. And his, his idea is you do this CrossFit endurance stuff, and he actually believes in it for the bike and the, and the run and the swim. And the thing is, his thinking is, if you add in a whole bunch of this CrossFit, you just... You can't do all the bike and swim and run training you've been doing. You just don't have the time, and your body can't... Needs the recovery from the CrossFit. So... They cut back on that, and they were worried, a lot of our athletes were worried that they're going to lose their fitness because they cut back on the amount of the volume of their training, but it turned out because of the strength that they were gaining from doing the CrossFit endurance, it seemed to make up for the lack of of um, volume, and so basically what they were cutting out is a lot of the fluffy stuff, you know, the, the what we call the junk miles, and so... Uh, I'm I'm just kind of excited to, t- to actually give this a try, and I'm going to try to start planning out a, a f- strength program for upper body and see if that'll um, build up my speed without actually swimming. So stay tuned for my new swimming avoidance technique. Do you have any ideas on that? What do you think, Eric?
1: I think it could work, because I think too much training can make you old. I mean it gets old it feels old and I think introducing strength training into the whole deal makes sense I think it's worth worth a go
0: mm-hmm. like I think I'd be afraid to do it on the bike and the run but um and I think I don't really need that extra strength right now in my lower body but I do think um, I do think it might be worthwhile to increase my upper body strength and also um you know like the uh, most programs for triathletes have you doing strength training in the winter, you strength strength train in the off season and then you get rid of it in the summer or just do maybe once a week maintenance in fact, I think Joe Friel says if you're an older athlete like I am um doing you really should do that once a week maintenance so the younger people can get away without it, but the older athletes should continue to do once a week maintenance and I haven't even been doing that, so I could do push ups once a week. You could do push-ups? Push-ups once
1: a week. That would be my... You've
0: show. been doing push-ups more, more than once a week, haven't you? I have. You've been doing I'm them like... I'm getting
1: good at them again. And yeah. and uh, Andrew in Australia at better watch out.
0: <laughs> Andrew Clement. Well, you know, since you stopped... Well, not stopped, but since you cut back on working at the beer store and you're not hauling as much beer, uh-huh. you were starting doing the upper body strength to sort of maintain your... Your upper body muscle strength that you've really found you've gained this this year with uh, hauling flats of beer around, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and not hauling flats of beer so much anymore because the bonus beer isn't there anymore. Yeah, that's kind of discouraging. It's not such a unique job anymore. So I'm cutting back.
0: Anyways, that's good. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything interesting to say now. Cheers! 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 To clink! Your beer and my gin and tonic. Yeah,
1: life's good in the sunshine.
0: Life is good in the sunshine. All right, I'm going to go uh, sign out, and then I'm going to read a bunch of race reports. We've had some. I've had a whole ton of email in the last uh, couple of weeks, and um, I'm going to go read those in a couple of minutes. So I'll be out in a minute. <coughs> Okay, so I'd like to uh, read some email that I got in the last month. It's been a while, hasn't it? Um, starting with this, it goes all the way back to the beginning of June. <clears throat> you have to excuse me, I'm, this is a, a next the next day and I'm just, uh, I don't know, I'm fighting a cold or something, I've been really tired lately, it's just that end of the year and I'm not feeling 100%. Anyways, uh, first of all, i got an email from Jennifer, um, that's Jennifer W from Vancouver, uh, gal who I've actually met. First of all, she gave me a big shout out for my race on Sunday and she was um, just going on about that. But she gave a really good uh, comment that I, I wanted to share with you. She said, I was just listening to episode 98 about your race report and I comment about ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is processed through the kidneys, not the liver. That's acetaminophen or Tylenol. And some people can have fairly serious liver da- damage from too much of that. Um, they've been doing some cautions. Uh, There there have been some cautions recently in the medical community about taking ibuprofen during exercise versus after. Since it's processed through the kidneys, it can affect your hydration levels and lead to problems, especially if we're doing longer-distance endurance-type races or training. Obviously, it didn't hurt you in this race. I just wanted to offer the warning for your listeners. And uh, congratulations. And she might be, actually, I think she's already registered now. She's coming down to Kelowna in the fall when I'm doing my, hopefully... Marathon at the end of uh, October or the middle of October. Anyway, she also sent me a link to um, sportsmedicine.about.com and it was about uh, NSAID's. And the article that she had read, and she just found this for me. And because I, I had kind of flippantly made a comment, and I guess you have to be really careful not to make flippant comments, that I'd taken some ibuprofen and I said something about my liver. Uh, too too bad for my liver. And I knew it wasn't good for something inside me, but uh, she corrected me that it's the um, kidneys. And in the article, I guess the biggest concern from the article is that um, taking taking ibuprofen during a workout does not protect you in any way. It doesn't prevent or reduce any muscle soreness later. Um, It does, it will reduce your perception of muscle soreness while you're exercising, but it doesn't prevent any injury to you. Um, And it's the, I guess the warning is that it can mask pain, which would lead to increased risk of injury. And that part, you know, I was pretty aware of, I mean, I knew that my goal was just to get through and not feel the pain. And um, I kind of wanted to mask the pain, actually. Um, but the next section, and this is a part I really want to make sure I share with you. Further studies have cautioned that uh, during ultra-distance exercises, such as an Ironman triathlon, it's associated with an increased risk of exertional uh, hyponatremia. Hypno, hypno, <laughs> Hyponatremia, hyponatremia. You know, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Hyponatremia, I know what it is. <laughs> um, and that's when you take on too much fluid uh, and dilute too much fluid in your system and diluting your blood. Uh, researchers believe that this effect is likely due to altered renal or kidney function. The issues related to altered kidney function in athletes are not hard to imagine. Poor fluid transport and restriction can lead to dehydration hyponatremia, hyponatremia, and at the extreme kidney failure. And they talked about, um, a one real life study using the 100 mile Western States trail running race. And the research measured the influence of ibuprofen during this race, studying runners in two different or three different groups. And so, um, they found that the reported delayed onset muscle soreness and stuff like that was all the same. And, basically the bottom line was to be really cautious if you're in longer races and uh all right so just get that out there and thanks very much for that jennifer <coughs> and just going to go up through my my uh bits um hi barb this is from john and i am just going to skim through it th- this one's a tough one to read because he's got a lot of A lot of compliments in here. I don't like reading the compliments out loud. It makes me embarrassed. But um, he enjoyed the last podcast. That was my race report. And uh, yeah. Anyways, he says, I I play your podcast through my car radio on the way to work. And I was shouting encouragement to you all the way. And then he said, I laughed at this part. Truth be told, I'm glad your swim got worse as you get what you pay for in triathlon. And you didn't take your swim nearly seriously, seriously enough this year. You need to focus on that, Barb. And thank you, Coach John. You're right. I know. I know. But you'll hear, uh, I think I've already played the recording of my my new swimming strategy. So let's just see if that works. Okay. Um, uh, He gave me compliments on my cycling. Um, Podcast is a great advert for triathlon. If we ever get post-rate blues, it's going to help to ignite the spark. This was particularly important for me as I'm struggling with confidence in open water swimming just now and i had to pull out of a half iron in wales a few months back the race would have been this weekend but way earlier in the year it was nice knowing that you and i were training for the same distance for races a week uh, apart on two different continents um and he also mentioned he's got a new puppy there's a bit of family adjustment to cope with so the extra non-training time has been very helpful I've got a new few sprints lined up and managed to race three weeks ago. Completed the pool swim unscathed. So it's a matter of building back confidence in open water swimming at a time. It's like they say, there's a triathlon distance to cope with every time constraint. Anyways, I'm delighted for your PB or is it PR? And I just want to comment on that. You know, I'm Canadian. I should be saying PB all the time. Um, personal best. Uh, Canadians and Americans use the term PB or personal best and Canadians and uh, Brits use PB, and Americans use PR. And I have to say, I just hang out with so many Americans, and I hear PR so often. It just, it's t- I've just adopted it. Um, and, you know, I'm usually really trying to stick very hard to all my Canadianisms. Um, I spell color and favorite all correctly and that sort of thing. But some of these things just have slipped into my vocab. Uh, he also mentioned it was gratifying for me as a self-coached triathlete. So I, because I managed to coach myself into a fairly decent race. Uh, so thanks again for the excellent podcast. Keep them coming. It's from John Dare to try life. Uh, so thanks very much, John. Appreciate that. And I think you're smart. I think you're really smart in pulling out of the half iron. You know, a half iron is a is a big distance. It's a tough race, and I really do believe unless somebody's an extremely accomplished athlete in all the areas. It's not one to be jumping into and taking lightly. Of course, you know my opinion, everybody, on jumping in and doing an Ironman in your first race. Yeah, you can do it, but, you know, it's sort of nicer to be able to get out there and have some confidence and feel good and enjoy it and not hate it by the end of it or the middle of it. So getting out there and doing a bunch of short races to build up your confidence. Baby steps, people. Baby steps is how you get there when you're just starting out in something new. Then we got a race report from Fred. Fred. I started to say friend. My friend Fred. <laughs> he says, Hi Barbara, thanks so much for your podcast. Thanks for all the tips and fun. I'm sending you a report on my first sprint triathlon. Uh, it, it, he has type 2 diabetes and sports is his way to manage it. In Ireland and in the U.S., diabetes is spreading like wildfire. We must take action. Triathlon is, for me, a way to take less insulin and regain some insulin sensitivity and feel great. So here's his report. I completed my first sprint triathlon during the Triathy in County Kildare, Ireland, in one hour, 50 minutes, and I finished 732nd out of 744 finishers. Here are my split times. The swim was 1848. T1 was 443. His bike was 42.52, T2 was 3.09, and his run was 40.30. The weather was tr- a traditional spring day, rain and cold, 12 degrees Celsius. Brr, that sounds very miserable. The swim co- course was in the Barrow River. It was upstream and then downstream. i never swum in a river, so I can't imagine what that would be like. People were cheering when we got out of the water and ran to our bikes. The long transition at T1 is due to the lack of experience. I was drying myself. (laughs) Um, I hammered the first 10K in 17 minutes and then faded in the second leg of the course. I'm very happy with my 29 kilometer average speed for that 20 kilometers. Uh, You did well. I had some energy drinks and a banana. My blood sugars were at 162. So do you have to stop? I was wondering about this. Do you have to stop and take your blood sugar during the race? That's interesting because you, you give me your uh, numbers while you're there. So that's kind of interesting. Switching from cycling to running is a leg killer. Yes, isn't it? But the hard training paid off as I didn't cramp. I ran slowly and at a steady pace. Lots of people's passed me, but I didn't lose confidence. I knew I'd finish the triathlon. My strategy was float, bike, crawl. But I did swim, bike, and run with a smile. Excellent job. My blood sugars were still at 162 when I finished the race. And the free hot chicken curry was nice. Blood sugars were spot on without medication. Sports is my way to manage the diabetes. Oh, sugar, I got the bug and I can't wait until my next triathlon. Thanks from Fred. So excellent job, Fred. That's excellent. Really, really impressed with that. And I love your attitude. So congratulations. And then the next day, got an email from Tony Uh, Oh, he just was saying, hope all is well, love listening to your podcasts. This year, took it up a notch to half iron. July 9th is approaching fast. I'll drop you a note afterwards. So he's got his race coming up. So good job. I'm looking forward to that. All right. And then we got an email from Sarah. Sarah, who we, uh, Cabocon a tri-girl. So we get to hear from her frequently. I love that. Nice to keep keep our... um, Tabs on people. So here is her rela- race report. June fourth, I did the new Bry try. This is a sprint distance try, and I was a little nervous about it. Hang on, I got to drink my coffee. Maybe that'll help me get my voice back. All right, I swam all of three times since last fall. <laughs> okay, Sarah, you're sounding a little bit like me. I hope I'm, my bad habits are not rubbing off on you. So I didn't expect a stellar swim time. Swim was a half mile, 1720, and she was 7 out of 15 in her age group. T1 was 124, 4th out of 15 in her age group. Yes, and no kidding, 124, that's super fast for T1. Bike, 14 miles. I was hoping for 17 miles an hour, but I didn't feel that fast on the bike. 4901, 17.1 miles per hour average speed, which is seven point six kilometers an hour. She came in twelfth out of her out of fifteen in her age group. Excellent job. T uh, two was another fast boy. She is fast in T two, one thirty, and she came tenth out of fifteenth in her age group. She said she went out the wrong direction as it wasn't marked, and I was spaced out. You know, I always go go to my bike and I walk um, my exits two or three times, and I look for you know like little. Posts of things that will help me trigger my memory and everything. And no matter what, when I get into that excitement of the race, I'm, I always have to stop and think and often get lost. So I hear you. Her run was 5K. She was hoping for 35 or 36 minutes because she doesn't have her speed yet. Uh, she did 37.2, not too far off. That was a 726 uh, per minute per kilometer or 1224 mile. She says black, but hey, you're working on it, you're getting there. Fifteenth out of fifteenth in her age group. She's kind of, I think you're really a lot like me in running too, aren't you? And her total time was 1.46.25. She said, um, I was 14 out of fifteenth in my age group and 320th out of 362 overall. Uh, Wishing I'd signed up for the Athena class where I would have taken third. Hey. I have a few friends who uh, found advantage in the Athena. They don't have Athena. I haven't seen very many Athena classes except for Ironman in my uh, area. never noticed that for some reason. Anyway, she said, I was pretty disappointed in my overall placing until I looked at each thing individually. The swim wasn't awful. It was just under a two minute per hundred meter pace, which is pretty good if you ask me. I normally do better, but I kind of had a weird panic type thing and I kept looking, wanting to look up and do the breaststroke and breathe. We swam to the other side of the lake and back rather than a rectangle rectangle type thing. I was tired after the swim, but I hopped onto my bike. The strap came off my left shoe and I couldn't get it back in without stopping and, I, and getting off the bike, so the shoe was never on my foot tight. Shoes are left on the bike and I hop on and go. I've never had a problem until this race. My bike was fine. I passed people and got passed. Strangely enough, we went within two blocks of my daycare, my aunt and uncle's, and my in-law's house. Uh, Had I known, I would have asked them to cheer, but you couldn't read the map they had online, so I was doing the course blind, so to speak. T2, the run out was not marked at all, and I went the wrong way, which sucked. I gave a lot on the bike, and I didn't have much for that run. I walked more on that run than I've done in a long time, and it was awful. The water stops were not in good places for me either, which I didn't enjoy, but hey, it could be worse. My friend Bob did his first try that day and I beat him by 4 minutes and 12 places and another acquaintance, who's normally pretty fast, beat me by only 45 seconds. His name is on the next one up in the overall standings from mine. My husband said, did he have a flat tire or something? I don't think so, since he averaged 20 miles an hour on the bike. I think he had a bad swim and maybe just a bad day for him, but it made me feel good to beat Bob and be close to Mark's place, even if they weren't all we weren't all that fast. The last disappointing thing for me was that they ran out of medals I like to scrapbook stuff like medals from events and I was really looking forward to getting it and they ran out just a couple minutes before I finished So begins the quest, and so begins the quest to become better at running and swimming and biking this summer riding the trainer all winter helped but I really needed help to get faster and fitter I assume that the faster people do earlier races, and those less fit wait until, say, August to race, but I still expected more from myself. I would have least liked at least a 36-minute run and closer to 16 minutes on the swim, but alas, I got what I got. So it was not a stellar race, and I'm now working on more speed work in my running and working, and working on increasing my distance as well in hopes to run a 10K this fall. Sorry for the negative tone of the race. I'm just not happy with it, you know? Hope all is well with you, Barbara. Well, Sarah, you know, I do understand. I've certainly had those kind of races where, you know, you go into it with certain expectations. You don't even really feel like you need to beat anybody. You just have a, a goal time, and for whatever reason, you don't feel you just performed as well as you wanted. Like you say, though, I mean, if you look at, at all the comments you made, you know what, I think you can pretty well justify. And, yeah, you you did three swims, so <laughs> you weren't expecting a stellar swim time. I think it sounds to me like the biggest thing for you to continue to do is work on your running and heaven knows that is something that I've had to do constantly is working on my running. So I wish you well and uh, keep plugging away at it. All right. Uh got an email from Chad. I was just chatting with Chad actually and uh, Chad from the Can Do Try podcast. We haven't heard an episode from him lately, but he just did Gosh, you know what, Chad, I don't remember what's the name of the race he did. Um, He did an Olympic tri-distance anyways, and he got 12th overall. He was second in line to get into Worlds, and sadly for Chad, um, the fellow that was above him decided to go for it, to go to Worlds. So now Chad is really committed. He is going to work on his racing, his time, and see if he can just knock another 5 or 10, 15 minutes off his Olympic distance time. That's a big Challenge, But, you know, he's a pretty committed guy. He, I may be seeing him in August because the Apple Triathlon in Kelowna happens to be uh, Canadian national championships. And so the top 10 spots of every age group is a uh, world's uh, qualifier. And uh, so he may come down here and see if he can do it. Now, the Olympic distance is pretty competitive here, but the sprint isn't too bad. And often there's only 10 or 12, 15 people in the sprint distance age groups, anyways. At least my old age group. So I can always qualify for Worlds every year when I do the sprint. But I would never have a hope of doing the Olympic distance, I'm sure. Anyways, congrats to Chad. And looking forward to another episode, Chad. Got an email from Nikki who she had been asking about uh wetsuits she just got a new her wetsuit out of the off the internet and she even ordered the larger of two sizes uh, according to the fit chart fit the fit chart but she found it was really tight so she was asking about how tight is it supposed to be and uh i did um email her and talked a bit about that like i mentioned i think a couple episodes back i talked about how they can really feel they can feel really tight but um you kind of have to just get adjust to it as long as it's not cutting off your circulation and you can breathe, uh, you know, and if you have, if you have an opportunity before a race to get in and have a swim or two in your wetsuit, I, I strongly encourage it. Even if it means you have to go into a swimming pool. I mean, I know they say you shouldn't go in the pool with it because of the chlorine, but if I think, I don't think one or two swims is going to kill it. Um, you and, and the advantage of having an, some experience in a wetsuit is, uh, you know, it's invaluable. So just give it a really good rinse. And yeah, you'll get a few weird looks at people in the pool. But who cares? Just do your thing. It takes a little bit of time. And remember that when you're in a race situation, you're going to be really excited. And you're, you're going to, you will know, that that whole feeling of, of uh, tightness could be kind of exaggerated at the beginning. So just relax and try and be calm and swim calmly at the beginning. Don't try and swim super fast if you're feeling um, nervous about the swim or you're feeling um it's feeling kind of tight just because of that it may very well be that you'll just relax into it and you'll be fine so all right uh reggie sent a race report for the first triathlon it was a super sprint with a 200 meter pool swim 12k bike and two and a half k run at Henley on the Thames in the UK. So it's so cool that we have listeners from so far away. I love that. Okay, so here's the background. I started running two and a half years ago. I did a duathlon last year. My main sport is golf. I'm a seven handicapper. Yes, golf is a sport. After every round of golf, I asked myself the following questions. So I'm going to apply these questions to my triathlon event. These questions allow me to focus on the positive. Here we go. What a great idea. What did I do best? Stayed relaxed and calm. I worked on really trying to enjoy every moment of the race. What did I learn? I learned that doing the tri-sessions at the gym like swimming in the pool, straight onto the spin bike and then onto the running machine really gave me great insight on what is expected significant moment the final part of the bike leg was a really steep hill oh that's a killer after riding mainly on my own uh, then all of a sudden I saw loads of riders struggling one guy was in the bush vomiting and some people were off on their bike walking up I felt great and powered my way past about 10 people now this felt really good by the way, the guy vomiting in the bush passed me on the run. Ha ha ha. That happens to me all the time. Best decision? After overtaking someone in the early part of the swim, I knew I'd gone too quick, too soon. I decided to slow right down, caught my breath, and then kick on. Doing this really calmed me down for the last of the race, rest of the race. Things that I could improve on. Maybe be a bit more aggressive on the bike leg. And uh, use a bike computer to gauge my progress. What was good about this experience? And it's got a few things here. Nice being with like-minded people of all shapes and sizes taking part. Nice having my family with me on Father's Day to watch, take pictures and support me. And it felt good thanking the volunteers all the way around the course that I, I that I could see that I was that it was appreciated. Final stats overall time 55 minutes. My goal time was 65 minutes. That's awesome. I broke my swim time PB by 20 seconds. I broke my two and a half K time PB by over one minute. Must be all the adrenaline. I came in second in my age group out of four. That's awesome. Second. Awesome job. And the future, I have the tri-bug. Already signed up for my next race. It's a sprint. But golf will always be my first passion. With the training, I will also be a much fitter golfer. Finally, a young woman of 76 completed this distance in one hour and 22 minutes. Enough respect to her. Based on this and all all being well, potentially, we could have many years of triathlon left ahead of us. I feel that I can call myself a triathlete now that I've done the race. Or is it the training that defines you as a triathlete? Cheers, Reggie, a.k.a. Trishotrad. Trisho Tredge. I don't know how to say that. Sorry, Reggie. All right. Uh, yeah, and isn't that the constant com- um, dis- discussion is when can you call yourself a triathlete? And I think you call yourself a triathlete whenever you want to. But um, to me, it's after you've done a swim, a bike, and a run, all connected within a few minutes uh, with the transition. You know, I don't even personally think you have to do a race to be a triathlete, but, you know, that's just me. I know I'm in the minor- minority. Uh, and then, of course, the training. you got to be doing the training. So, good job. Thank you very much, Reggie, for that race report. Uh, I know people enjoy hearing them. And I got... Oh, here it is. I did get another email from Nikki. I eventually got the... Uh, not a whole race report, but um, just a comment about... Uh, that she did it did one hour and 24 minutes um she went out and did a swim the day before and got after researching the tri sites on how to put the thing on properly she said and it felt good so uh, although it felt a little tight for her at the beginning once she got out there and actually swam in it and tried it out she found it was probably just perfect so she had a great race and an hour and 24 minutes sounds pretty darn good so i'm really hoping that um We can get a race report from Nikki. That would be nice to tell us how it went. And she is loved it. She's already planning the next triathlon. She's thinking maybe in August. And the swim is a little longer, but she thinks it'll be fine. So she's going to keep us posted. And thanks for everything you do. Well, you too. Thanks very much, Nikki. Okay, and the final uh, race report that we got, tons of race reports this year, and that's because this time of year, because it's just so busy, lots of races happening, I'm so happy that people uh, send in the reports because it's uh, very encouraging to each other, especially those first ones and the second ones where you're really learning a lot. Uh, But Jo sent us in a race report, and uh, she actually sent it in um, an MP3. She says, here it is, I hope it gets to you in usable form. She says, I don't know what I'm doing with this stuff. (laughs) She said, I forgot to say that Ron ran it in seven hours and 18 minutes and thought he should have been faster. The trail was very technical and rocky and gave us very sore feet. And uh, she said, sorry, I wasn't going to record it again. I guess she's had some trouble recording it. But you know what? If you're like me, you probably get to be really uh, picky about what it sounds like. And anytime I record things to send to other podcasts, I always end up doing it like five times before I'm happy with it. So uh, I can totally relate to that. Anyways, I'm going to pop that in right now. Here is Joe's race report.
2: Hi Barb, this is Joe Capus. Finally, I'm going to I'm going to record this today and I'm going to send it to you no matter how it comes out. I'm um, having nothing but trouble with my phone either. I have a dead battery or it decides it won't allow me to record. Um, anybody out there listening, do not buy a Samsung Continuum Android phone. It is awful. So I'm trying to call my rage report on my 50K. But as a quick beginning, I will tell you that I ran a sprint triathlon today. It's been two weeks since I ran the 50K. And I got third place. And it was a very hard one. I tried to better my time from last year. I got fourth. And I bettered my time by about a minute. I was kind of disappointed in that. But looks like I just improved over the Right across the board, a little bit faster in swim, a little bit faster in bike, a little bit faster in run. So I got third, but I lost second place by 22 seconds. That was kind of a heartbreaker. Anyway, here's my report on the Laurel Highlands 50K trail run in Pennsylvania, out near Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It uh, runs from Ohio Pile up to near Johnstown. If you run the whole thing, it's 70, 70 miles. Right now it's 77 because there's a detour on it. So we ran the 50K version of it, and uh, it was kind of a last-minute thing. I've try- I've been trying to run a 50K. I backed out of one, and then I quit one halfway through and just took a finish in the 25K. So um, my husband saw this one, and he said, well, why don't we try it? You know, it's going to be a lot of walking because it had a lot of hills. It had 6,000 feet of elevation gain. So they you park at the finish line, and they bust you to the start. So I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's a little scary getting bus 31 miles away from your truck knowing you got to run back to it. They did have a cutoff on the, uh, at the 19-mile aid station. You had to reach that within six hours. So we get to the start, and, and ultra-starts, even 50K distance, are, are more laid back. Like, people don't take off like a shot, but they do run. They were running a pretty good clip. Immediately started uphill. It was a little muddy on the trail there because there was kind of water running down it. I didn't really want wet feet for nine hours or however long it was going to take me. So I was trying to jump around the mud puddles, and everybody was running, and I didn't want to run uphill, but everyone else was running. And then I looked ahead, and I saw, ah, there's a girl walking. All right, we're going to walk. Nope, she started running again when she realized that nobody else was walking with her. So, I finally, after a while of running uphill, I finally stepped aside and like, let like a train of people go by me, and then started running again, and then stepped aside again and let another train of people go by, and then I just started walking, found my place towards the back. <laughs> so, it, it went pretty well. The first eight miles was the hardest. There was a lot of uphill, and there was one really long uphill. Um. And, you know, in a long race like that, you tend to find people, and you're back and forth with them. There was a group of three that I would pass, and then they would pass me back. And there was another woman I got to know. Her name was Lori. And we chatted off and on. In fact, I gave her some uh, Endura lights at the one aid station because she was cramping at the first aid station at 11 miles. The aid stations are really far apart. There were only three of them. It's, it's kind of a disorganized race. They assume everybody knows everything like they think they only have repeat people coming back and actually they're trying to encourage extra you know new people to come but but they need to do a better job at that there's not a lot of information um, it was very hard to find results after you know, it took like a week and uh, and uh, just a the website there wasn't a lot of information but we made out all right <clears throat> So get to the first I started out with 40 ounces of water in my bladder in the backpack and I had a, a little carton of coconut water that I had frozen and then thrown into the compartment where the water bladder is to try to keep it cold. That didn't work. So I drank I drank all my water, and I even drank the warm coconut water. By eight miles, I was out of water. And I was also hungry, and, and I couldn't eat anything because I didn't have anything to drink. So... <laughs> I did have half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the bus on the way over and some water, so that was good. But when I got to the 11-mile aid station, I was really, really thirsty, and I, and I was hungry. So they had soda, Coke, or Pepsi. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe it. So she, and they had ice. That was the most amazing thing. I've never been in a race like that where they've had ice at the aid stations. And this is a trail, you know, you're out in the woods. It's a, actually a hiking trail. It's a very nice hiking trail. People, we saw a lot of backpackers on it. You know, people take days to, to, to do it from one end to the other. So I had I had a cup of soda with ice, and they filled my bladder for me about halfway and uh, put ice in it. And then I took another cup of soda with me, and I started out down the trail just walking, and I ate my other half a sandwich. I thought I ate my other half a sandwich. turned out that when I got home that night, I still had a quarter of my sandwich. I had only eaten a, a quarter of it. But And then I had some pretzels and some animal crackers, and I ate them. I have a lot of trouble with gels. I, I think it's the maltodextrin, but I'm not sure. But most gels make make my stomach upset. I did have some honey stinger gels with me, which I seem to tolerate a little better. But last time I ate one of them in a race, I felt really bad. So I was a little leery of using them. They were like for an emergency if I really started to feel, you know, slow. Um, they had ginseng in them, which works like caffeine. And I also had some caffeinated sport beans with me. So I ate my sandwich and ate my crackers and my animal crackers and my pretzels and and then I started running again. At this point, um, your was up and down. So I tried to walk the ups and run anything flat or downhill, and it, it was working pretty well. I I tried to not walk on the flat, but a few times I did, and uh, the water lasted till the next aid station. That was mile 19, and I made it there in five and a half hours. So I was well within the time limit. I had passed a young man sitting on a, on a rock. He had the most amazing beard you ever saw, this great big beard. And I asked him if he was okay, and he kind of hesitantly said yes. And then when I got into the aid station like a mile or so later, they asked if anyone had seen someone on the side of the trail, and I said, yeah. He said he was okay. Somebody said, oh, they said, somebody said he was having trouble. Well, then he shows up at the aid station, and they, he told them he had an upset stomach, so they gave him some soda. Actually, I gave him some soda because I was standing by where they were pouring it. And, uh... He, he thanks me, and then I left the aid station, and I had more soda there. I've decided that Coke or Pepsi or whatever is awesome in a race. I love it. <laughs> and, and and I had another peanut butter and jelly quarter of a sandwich there, too, which seemed to go down really well. There was a lot of walking in this race because, you know, there were so, so many hills. So a little ways down the trail, here comes a guy running past me, and, and he stops me, turns around, and says, Did I thank you for giving me the soda? <laughs> <laughs> so I said yes Then he took off running um, I eventually passed him later on after the last aid station um, got to the last aid station at 26 miles and they were closing it down all they had left was warm water and it tasted awful and Gatorade so I drank two cups of Gatorade and then they fill, he filled my bladder and he filled it completely full I do not even think it could hold that much water so I got partway down the trail and I <laughs> actually yanked the the drinky part off the tube and let drained out like more than half of it. I only had five miles to go and uh, you topped out over a ski hill and we, uh, we got up and there was a big pond up at the top of the ski hill and I actually walked around that and I kept thinking I should be running, but I walked in anyway because I was really tired and uh, got down and then I started hearing thunder rumble. They had said we might have a thunder and lightning storm. So as I got, I was just, headed down i i assumed i uh, they don't show any elevation chart or anything on the website so we were really kind of blind we didn't even know what the elevation gain was till we got the information off the off my garmin so oh by the way my husband was running it too but he was way ahead of me so <laughs> i thought when i got to the ski hill everything was downhill from there and i was just heading down into the woods and i could hear the thunder rumbling and i thought well that's good i'll be down off the top of the mountain when the storm comes through and uh it it never really, the rain, it rained on us. It rained, in fact, it poured, but that was okay because I was hot. And we never did get the lightning, which was good. So I felt pretty good after mile like 27. I started running, and I'll tell you, I ran like almost the whole rest of the race. I I did walk a couple of the little steeper hills because I wasn't done with the hills. You still have to go up and down all the way to the finish line. And uh, I was running, and I was running hard. And um, I passed the group of, I passed one man who was stopped on the side oh no I didn't pass him he passed me right back again he was doing something and that's why I passed him and uh, he passed me right back and he went on ahead and then I caught up to him he was with the group of three that I had seen you know several times throughout the day and uh, I passed all four of them um they always were slow on the downhills, and so I passed them on the downhill but i I was feeling I couldn't believe how good I was feeling, so I was just running I felt like I was running fast, but the garmin wasn't really working at that point because of all the tree cover, and you did a lot of of like kind of wiggling around so by the time I finished the race, the garmin was off by like two miles, and everybody else said theirs was the same. But luckily, they had concrete mile markers on this hiking trail. So every mile, you had a, a concrete mile marker. And we were running from the start of the trail. So they were they were correct. And uh, I passed four people. And then I'm coming up to, to the, and I didn't really know how far it was. I was kind of starting to look for the finish line because you had to turn off the trail to get to the finish line. And I came to the 30-mile mark. And uh, it was a little disappointing, actually, to tell you the truth to see the 30-mile mark. And it was on a little bit of an uphill. And there were three men standing there taking a picture of it. So I like just chatted with them and then I said, Well I'm gonna go on past because I'm feeling good and I'm running and they're like, Yeah, yeah, go for it, we'll see you at the end. So I passed seven people in like the last two miles. I was so happy with that. And then I came up, up along the trail and here's a great big sign and says fifty K finish this way and then another arrow that said seventy seven mile race straight ahead and I thought, Oh my god, could you imagine if you were running the seventy seven mile? That would be awful. So I headed to the finish line, and they made you do a loop around the parking lot, which was hard. You thought you were at the finish line. You had to run around the parking lot. And uh, I did it in 9 hours and 12 minutes. I was thrilled because the cutoff was 10 hours, and so I beat the cutoff by quite a bit. And I felt I felt really decent at the end. So I stuck down a can of soda, and then I ate a piece of pizza and then we, we took some people down to the parking area because it was like about a half mile downhill walk to where you parked your cars from the finish line. And my husband said it was a terrible walk. You know, you're so and sure your quads are killed from the downhills. And, and so we took some people down and then he realized that he had given them at the finish line, he had given them my wrong number because they had given us handwritten numbers. For some reason, they had some kind of problem and they kind of got washed out. So when I crossed the finish line, he told them my number, but he had it wrong. Because, you know, he knew he thought it was one after his, but it was one before his. So we drove back up to finish line so I could run over and tell him what my real number was so they wouldn't be looking for me on the course. I was worried they'd be looking for me on the course. And uh, then he pulled down into this one side parking lot so I could pee because there were no porta potties or anything there. And he pulled up to the woods. So I just got out of the truck, and I'm holding on to the – we have a big, tall truck. And I'm holding on to, the, the, like, the, the step bar to get in, and I'm trying to – Tea. And I couldn't I couldn't spot My legs were like screaming at me I had to like That was so funny <laughs> Anyway That was it We left We had to drive five hours Or five and a half hours home We didn't get home till like midnight It was terrible My brother-in-law called us on the way And said the cows were out And neither of our children were home To chase them in He chased them in I guess But we got home at like 11.30 at night And we were so tired Oh my God but that was great. I finished my 50K. I got one done, and I guess I have a few more this summer because my husband loves these things. So I have a 50-mile schedule next week, but I can turn that into a 50K, which is probably what I'm going to do. And then I have another one scheduled in, in July – no, September, and then probably one in October. But don't really like this ultra running, but my husband really likes it, and he goes and does these little – sprint triathlons on the road that I like so much. So I do what he likes and I'll go with him. And I got to admit, it is getting me in better shape. Like I wasn't, I didn't train at all for the sprint triathlon today. And I felt pretty strong in it just from all the running I've been doing. So that's my race report. I'm very sorry for the poor sound quality. It's his crappy phone. And I'm going to email this to you, Barb. And I hope you get it in some kind of usable form. If you don't, I'll tape it all out and let you read it. So thanks Barb for your podcast and I'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: Wow, what an amazing accomplishment, Joe. That is so amazing. You've done so well. And you know, I just I just can think back because, you know, you've been sending me the odd race report here and there for you know, since I started doing this podcast and the growth that you've you know the growth that you've seen over the last few years is pretty amazing i love your attitude with uh how, with your husband and how you know you do his races and he does yours i know with eric and i uh neither of us are really capable of doing each other's races so we just send a sherpa for one another and I'm really enjoying the, you know, the fact that he's been doing more races. I find it really relaxing to go to a race when all I've got to do is take pictures and enjoy the enjoy the atmosphere. But uh, that is such an amazing accomplishment to run 50 k and great time. And I'm really impressed that you were able to stay under the cutoff time. Uh, some pretty funny stories in there too. And I, I gotta say, I love that ending with, with the can't squat to pee. <laughs> it's, I can really just totally imagine when you were starting to say you, had, you were going to j- go out of the car and, and go pee in the bush. I thought, oh my God, how's she going to do that? Cause it's, and then the four or five hours in the car after, oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for sending that in. I'm sure everybody really enjoyed it. Uh, anybody else out there, if you have a race report, um, or a training report you want to share with us? If you're a beginning triathlete and you're just getting through some training, you want to talk about how your training's going, uh, or you're seasoned. You know, we love to hear the the inspirational. Uh, anything is inspirational. You have to know that, right? I mean, even if you say, <laughs> I hate to say it, but even if you have a bad race, it still inspires others that you went out there and did that, and we all learn from that. And um, you know, it, and it lets us know that everybody's human. Every race isn't going to be perfect. You know, you just it's just never going to be able to be it like that. So. It's great to hear them. So, just just either uh, send me an MP three or send me an email, and I'll read it. I try not to butcher them too bad. It's at KelonaGirl at gmail dot com. K E L O W N A G U R L. All right, uh, I gotta go, um, but you know, I just wanted one more little thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Eric's race report um, or his race results just came in. And just getting them, pulling them up in front of me here. He did really, really well over his overall time was one hour and 50 minutes and 43 seconds for his duathlon. And I know there was only three people in the sport duathlon, but his bike time uh, out of all three was fastest. There was a 15 year old. There was Eric who's 61 and uh, there was another fellow that was in his thirties, I think somewhere. I'm going to guess he was in his thirties. And Eric's bike time was 55 minutes. The other guys were both over... Well, the 15-year-old was an hour, and the other guys was an hour 20. But then I checked out the sport uh, triathlon bike times because those guys did a swim, and then they did the exact same bike and run as Eric. And there was a guy... The fastest guy on the bike was um, only two minutes faster than Eric, and he is... Uh, I believe he's like one of the, I don't want to say professionals, but there were a couple of very, very, very fast um, age group champions in this in the sport triathlon. Simon Ferguson uh, came in fastest on the bike at 53 minutes, so he was only two minutes faster than Eric. And he is, he was in the 20 to 49 age group. I don't really know how old that is, how old he was, but he's definitely, you know, at least 10, 12 years younger than Eric. My guess, he looked like he was in his... Uh, between 35 and 45 and then the next guy was 54 minutes and 15 seconds so he was just a minute less than eric he was also in the same age group and then everybody else in the sport triathlon who were all between 20 and 49 uh were all uh slower than eric on the bike eric was faster than them all they were all well over an hour anywhere between an hour and an hour and 20 minutes So he was third overall of everybody in in both races. So what an excellent cyclist. And you know what? His um, run times were really not that far off. His I'm just going to quickly take a look. His run time uh, was 39 minutes for the 6.5K with all the climbing. And that means he beat one. Oh, you know what? There was a bunch of people that missed, that ran it the wrong way. So... It's hard to tell because some of them did, uh, ran too far, but anyways, his pace was not that much slower than a lot of the other, um, you know, more experienced triathletes who were in that race. So super excited for Eric. Congratulations, honey. You rocked it. Okay. So what's up next for us? Well, we've got, um, the... San Francisco half marathon for fun. We're going to run it together at the end of July, July 31st. I'll be in San Francisco. I know for sure I'm going to be there Friday night and Saturday night. And we've just had a bit of an uproar in our family because um, my daughter just got transferred to Vancouver. We spent the last two weekends, which is why I haven't had a show out, spent the last two weekends either racing or I've been in Vancouver with my daughter, helping her out. To get um, find a place to live. She is moving and she has been my dog sitter house sitter every time we go away. And now we're kind of scrambling. We don't have someone to look after the dogs. Uh, I just got a lead on a possibility. So we're just trying to toss around. Are we still going to do our California trip? For any of you who listen to the show and had connected with me in the past saying that you wanted to meet up. Um, I'll know in the next week or so what I'm going to do. Um, we will for sure be in San Francisco for the race weekend anyways. That much I know. And after that, whether I get further south in California or north into Oregon, I don't know for sure. Um, and that's our main race. I have the apple at the end of August, which I'm doing for fun. Oh, and next weekend, uh, and as long as Eric is feeling ready, not next weekend, but July, I think it's 9th or something, the Sunday. Um, I'm going to go down to the desert half, half iron in Oliver and uh I'm going to do the swim because I'm such an awesome swimmer. My brother-in-law is going to do the bike and uh, Eric is going to do the, the run. So we, uh, my brother-in-law says he's not really in that great of shape. Eric hasn't run more than 10K in about two or three months. And uh, I, of course, am pretty crappy swimmer, so we won't be the fastest team. But you can do that on a, as a relay. So it will be just a fun activity to do. Um, we're about 90% sure we're going to do that. And then I am now starting training for my first full marathon. My plan is, my goal plan is to do the local Okanagan marathon, which is on October, I want to say 9th. It's at Thanksgiving Day, Canadian Thanksgiving Day weekend. Also happens to be the weekend of the Worldwide Festival of Races. So I went over to Daily Mile because that's where they're um, signing up for the Worldwide Festival of races, races now instead of Buckeye because Buckeye had um, the catastrophic failure and lost all the data and things aren't working there anymore. So uh, we're over at Daily Mile and there's a challenge. And they've, traditionally they, had the, they started off, I think, with the half marathon. And then one year, I think this is the sixth year running now. Then they added the Kick the Couch 5K, or perhaps they started with both. Uh, So the first year I did the 5K, and then the next year I did the Zen Run 10K. And the year after, I wanted to do the half marathon, but I wasn't able to. I just wasn't ready for it, so I did the 10K again. And then last year I did the half marathon, and that was my first half marathon. So this is my fifth year during the worldwide festival races. And so I was going to sign up for the half marathon again and then just take my first half, my half split time and use that as my race time. And then I thought, hey, how come we don't have a marathon in this festival of races? I mean, all these guys are marathoners. So I emailed uh, Nigel from Running from the Reaper and uh, Zen Runner from, well, he's got a multitude of podcasts, uh, Slow Runners Club or whatever is his current one. And, um, Fidipidation, Steve Runner and said, Hey, you guys, cause they're the main ones that organize it all. I said, how about throwing in a full marathon in that uh, race? And so, t- t- I don't know, a day later, bang, there it was. <laughs> they posted it up for me. And so I joined up and, and okay, so here's my plan. I, my plan is I, I'm going to do the half, the full marathon. I'm going to try my best to train for it. As long as I don't, Uh, have any further running um, injuries, and I'm able to train for it in a cautious way, and I'm not hurting, then I will do it. I know in the back of my head, there's always a chance that things won't work out. So I have a plan B and I will do the half marathon if, um, if the full just doesn't, if I'm just not ready for it. Who knows? You know, I, I, it's my goal and I really want to, but I'm not promising anything. I know my body and do what it can take. Uh, my plan is to continue running only three days a week and doing my biking and swimming as cross training. I know one thing with my body is I really can't do a lot of um, extra running, uh, even four days a week. I need the recovery time for my body, uh, even though I'm getting a lot stronger than I used to be. I'm also planning to incorporate more strength and core at work, and as I mentioned, upper body as well as some lower body and try and strengthen that glute medie, glute mead or the gluteus medius. Muscle that's so weak on most runners, and I suggest most of you should probably go and do that as well. Uh, Google glute med and and uh, find some strength exercises to do. Side leg lifts, uh, one-legged squats, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to s- actually sit down with Megan, vegan running mom, and Gordon from the uh, This Running Life podcast, and I'm going to Skype chat with them, and uh, they're going to... Give me some advice on training for my first full marathon. And I think we might record that and throw it up for a run, try, chat podcast because I've just... It has been such a zooy spring. I haven't put in a single episode of Run, Try, Chat up since April. I know, I know that's pretty bad, but I knew that's kind of the way it was going to be. I was had a lot of more free time in the winter, and especially when I had my student teacher. And now I've just been things have been too busy. So a couple more days of school, and I'll be done, and then I'll uh, have a lot more free time on my hands to do stuff like that. I got a few show ideas uh, ready to go. I just haven't had the time to record them and post them. So, sorry this show went a little long, but you know what? All those awesome race reports really wanted to get out there. And that's what happens when I only put a show out every two or three weeks. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And thanks to anybody who's new out there. If you have questions or you're newbie questions, um, take a look through the archives. Read the titles. You might see uh, topics that uh, have the answers to your questions, but I'm always happy to go over things or or clarify things. So email me if you've got anything. I I don't mind at all. I love the emails. So and oh my gosh I almost forgot I absolutely must thank a bunch of people who have gone into iTunes and left some reports I'm just opening up iTunes right while I say this they've left some reviews on iTunes and uh, because I never go into the or have to make a point of going into the United States store uh, to see them and usually I just log into Canada of course because that's So here we are, Kelowna Girl Tries podcast, it's kind of weird, you know, it's absolutely weird to see yourself in iTunes, you know, and there's your picture as as if you're like a real person, as if you're a real, (laughs) real famous podcasting person, not just a normal girl, pretty funny. All right, um, I don't remember if I thanked, I'm going to go back a little bit because I'm not sure who I've thanked for, but... Uh, I wanted to thank everybody that's sent me one in May and in June, and I might've thanked some of these already, but, uh, there's John from Arizona and, uh, he was just doing his third, third, uh, new triathlete. He's a new triathlete and just doing his third one in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, And he was watching his 19 year old son do his first one and they trained together for his second one and his first uh, one of the best mementos is a photograph of the back of our legs with the number fifty three on me and nineteen on him uh He enjoys listening to the podcast while he 's training and also while commuting and he likes a positive message acknowledgement and blah 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 so i don 't want to say read all the nice stuff but anyways, thank you so much John and thanks for those uh um, re- the review and the stars and then monica uh monica gave uh, monica franks gave uh, another uh, review and five-star rating enjoys the podcast the variety and music oh yeah a lot of people mentioned the music uh marianne in tarpon springs florida Th- oh thanks monica marianne said just spent the last two months listening to all 94 plus back episodes nonstop. Oh my goodness, woman! You deserve a reward, and you know I I can't go back and listen to some of the older ones, but I do remember some of the stuff on there. And oh my goodness, I was just such a beginner. Not that I'm so pro now or anything, but uh, you know, I sometimes kind of think maybe I should just pull those first hundred episodes. And uh, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, you're 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 very good for listen reading them, listening to them all. Um, she said very motivating and informative, especially for someone like me who has a normal job and is not an athlete. So yes, you're just like I was, right? Just like I was. So it always works out. She says, I've always worked out, but this is what just gave me goosebumps, Marianne. You gotta know this, she said. I've always worked out, but because of this podcast, I started running, took swimming lessons, and just bought my first real road bike. Like, oh my gosh. That just gave me goosebumps. I can't tell you what that means to me. She said, regardless of whether I actually enter a triathlon or not, I like the idea of training like I am. I'm about Barb's age as well. So I really don't know many other people my age that share my interests. So this kind of takes the place of a support system for me. Thanks so much, Marianne. And hey, if if you've got any questions or something, just feel free to email me. I'm always, always happy to, um, you know, be your... Uh, training buddy even if it's just an online training buddy it's great and you can also um, click into Daily Mile if you want to p- have a place to record your um, your training and have uh, that little support group in there it's super awesome too so thanks so much Marianne and hey I hope you get out there and do a triathlon even um, even just a little sprint just for the fun of it or a, a try try and just get get it in there try it once and if uh, find out if racing is for you or not and then, of course, got a lovely report here, for, or a review from Cabacona Tri Girl, um, who we hear from lots. And she said she's been listening for over a year, and she loves it. Um, I, I appreciated this. She said, this one, this is the one I listen to first, no matter how many podcasts download at the same time. And uh, she said, I picture myself right there with Barb. I recommend taking a listen. And the last one, uh, by Ep the Great. This was just... Recent June 14th, being absolutely brand new to the sport of travel, and I find myself searching for information on the sport more and more every day. Um, having listened to most of the podcasts available, I find this to be my absolute favorite. I use it as an outlet for information as well as motivation in my own training. So thanks for the work. You do great stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I do feel so often that you just you sit there and you're alone in your office and you're just yakking away and you think, oh, goodness, my family is always wanting me to shut up and, uh, I'm sure that they would never want to listen to me yammer on and on. So I sure do appreciate the feedback. And I know you've always got the fast forward button there. You can get through it if I go on too much about anything. So have a great, uh, training, um, t- week or two, and I'm going to hopefully get a little bit more regular. I got a lot of plans and I need to get my, my butt back into regular training. I've just been kind of hit and miss lately. And, um, I think that uh, now that I've got school almost done with, I'll be able to relax a little bit and and just make training my priority. Have a good couple weeks. I'll talk to you later.
3: Bye-bye.